All right, so, so sorry, my first slide is really, really small. It's a eye test tonight, but the rest are, the rest are much better. Um, so tonight we're going to talk about the effectual call. Um, and this was probably the... Uh, this is probably the, the topic that really um, helped me to be okay with election and uh, those type of things whenever I first started coming across these type of uh, topics and ideas. I struggled with them uh, whenever I first came across uh, the elect. Uh, I struggled with it big time, uh, even... Uh, went and asked uh, a preacher, and he said, oh, don't worry about it. It's not what you think it is. And I, was like, I don't know what to think it is. This is the first time I was going through Romans reading, and I was like, this is the first time I've seen it. you know." And then started going back and seeing how uh, God was sovereign and all these things, and then uh, came to the factual call, and it really helped uh, solidify my understanding of how uh, God brings about sinners into a a life of uh, repentance and gives them life. So we're going to talk about it. It should be pretty quick. I don't have all that many slides. So uh, so basically we're going to talk about how Paul uses the word and how John uses the word. Uh, so I, I titled it Paul and the Call just because it rhymed. But anyway, uh, first we're going to have to talk about... Um, Salvation and election, like I said, we just kind of got finished with that. Election happened when? Eternity passed, yep, before the foundation. Of, so the call is what happens in time, space, history, that type thing. Okay, so if we look at Isaiah 55, 1, it says, You, uh, you there, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and you... Who have no money, come, buy and eat, come, buy wine and milk, without money and without cost. So this is the general call. Uh, we have a general call and we have uh, the effectual call. Matthew twenty two fourteen. for many are called, but few are chosen. Revelation twenty two seventeen. the spirit and the bride say come and let the one who hears say come and let the one who is thirsty come let the one who desires take the water of life without cost so this is more of the the general call uh, which most uh, humans sinners resist the general call uh, but the thing is none of the elect resists the effectual call, okay? And I'll show you that uh, later on. So it's the effectual call that brings us to salvation for those that are chosen before the foundation of the world. So God calls all to himself, right? This general call, come to me. But only that effectual call is the one that penetrates the hearts of sinners that the dead man hears and brings about regeneration and life. Okay? So that's the difference in the general call and the 
uh, effectual call. And we're going to look at how Paul uses it. Kaleo is the word to call. But as you see there, it says Paul uses this word in all its forms almost exclusively for the divine calling. So you could use this as, hey, I'm calling Dustin to come up here and help me. That's the same thing. But Paul uses it specifically, uh, almost exclusively, to uh, refer to the divine calling of God. <clears throat> so if you look at Romans 8, 28, and we know that God causes all things to work together for the good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And these whom he predestined, he also called. And these whom he called, he also justified. And these whom he justified, he also glorified. Okay, so Paul is very big on, if you're not called, you're not justified. I mean, that's... Uh, it's only those that are called according to his purpose. And notice that it also has the, uh, for those whom he foreknew, which goes all the way back to, like I said, the before the foundations of the earth. It goes all the way back to the election. And so you can't get away from the elect and the called. They are the same. One just happened a long, long time ago, and the other one happens in time. Okay, it's almost the exact same thing. Um, so, um, Paul sees it, like I said, as, you know, the elect as being uh, those before now, or the time before, and calling as the process by which God use, or in His infinite wisdom of how He elected, he now calls, and that's the action by which he uses to, to justify uh, man. Um, kind of needed to, it's really hard to do the called and not talk about regeneration, which is the next week that Joey will be getting into. It's the, it's like this close to, like, <laughs> it's like hard to not, talk about them both at the same time because they happen simultaneously, basically. Okay? But Paul here, he does mesh them together, basically, and just say, look, those elect, they are the called. The called are those whom he justifies and the one that he sanctifies. Um, so here's a lot more uh, verses here that Paul uses, First um, Thessalonians 2.12 says, So that you would walk in a manner worthy of the God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. Galatians 1.6, I'm amazed that you are so quickly deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel. And 1 Peter 1.15 says, But like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves, also in all your behavior. Now, looking at these three verses, can you tell me what these three verses are stressing? 
Or what is the significance of these three verses in the called? Okay, they all talk about how we walk or how amazed he was so quickly deserting those. So yeah, it kind of has to do with the uh, our response to that, our response to the call. Not what I was looking for, though. That's it. The aspect here is who's doing the calling. Even though it does have, like I said, all the behavior aspect of it, but the, what this, these verses are stressing is we are called, but it's, that doesn't matter. You know, we can all be called by somebody, but the fact here is that God is the one doing the calling. Okay, that's the, the purpose here. Sure, if you're going to answer it. I don't get where it's going to. What do you mean by you don't get it? That's... So you're you're assuming that this right here is going to be the effectual call. Yeah, because like I said, when Paul uses these words, which is in this case, it's the it's the it's a it's not preposition, a participle uh, of the word, and when he uses it, it's normally the divine calling. So yeah, how are you going to desert him who called uh, by the grace of Christ? Not that we don't come back to it. So. Yeah, but you know, he's saying, you know, he's surprised you did it so quickly, but it doesn't even matter if you did it all. It's still, still too early to say if you did it all. Yeah. You know, just over in Galatians 5, verse 5, he says, if, if you're circumcised, you're, you're out. You abandon the faith. That's yeah. one of the Galatians ones that struggle for me. Yeah. So. Significance here, once again, everybody uh, has the calling, but it's, and some people can call people, but only here is it's the one that God is the one doing the calling, and he's the only one that does the effectual calling. Okay. All right, so what is the conduit of the call? Second Thessalonians 2.14 says, It was... For this he called you through the through our gospel, that you may obtain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So what is the conduit of a call? Gospel. That's it. Nothing, nothing fancy here. It's the exact same thing that we all know already. The call can only come by the hearing of the word. That's it. And then Paul talks about um, specifically the church and how he refers to the church as the called of God. So uh, go ahead, if you have your Bibles, open up to Romans 
We'll look at Romans 1 and Romans 8 right quick. Uh, we'll just read. We'll read one through one through seven, right quick. So Romans one one through seven says, "Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through the prophets and the holy scriptures, concerning his son, who is descended from David according to the flesh, and was declared to be the son of God in power according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead." Jesus Christ, our Lord, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of His name among all the nations, including you who are called to belong to Jesus Christ, to all those in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So he's speaking to these people collectively, right? as being the ones who belong to Jesus Christ. They are called to belong. They are the uh, bride of Christ. Um, and then flip over to eight Romans 8. And you can tell that he's uh, definitely talking to a group of believers there. It says, uh, go to verse 26. It says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, uh, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts know, knows what is in the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So we're talking about the saints, the church, the body right here. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to His purpose. So once again, he refers to the people as the called ones uh, of God. And then you can also see it in verse 29, the call, how it relates back to uh, the election says, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. Back to that, those verses again. So, for Paul, I think Paul had a... a Probably a little bit better of an understanding of the call uh, based on his experience uh, on the road. I think he would definitely say, I was absolutely called. I was nowhere looking for God. Uh, and God absolutely uh, called me based on his loving kindness because um, I was not looking for him. Um, look at 
uh, 1 Corinthians 1.24, but to those who are the called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. So he uh, makes no distinguish between the called and Jews or the called and the Greeks. As long as they are called, they are the people of God. And in uh, one two it says, To the church of God, uh, which is in Corinth, to those whom have been sanctified in Christ Jesus, saints by calling, uh, with all who is in every place, call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. So, saints by calling, that would be uh, basically saying that they are uh, called out, they are specifically to be a distinguished group of people, a holy people. Um, that's what the called people are. Uh, so, here we see individual and corporate body being all called, all according to the work and the will of God. Okay, There's nothing here of anybody that says, oh, you're a good person, I'm going to call you and, and save you. Nothing to do with that. His church, his bride um, is simply called because he chose to call. And then we're going to look at John and the draw. He uses a different verb, uh, but, and he really doesn't, <clears throat> he really doesn't speak to it as be, people being the called or the drawed people of God, but it's impossible not to see what he means in these, in this aspect. Um, so John 6, 44 says, No one can come to me unless the, uh, unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. So notice that it is a sure, certain thing, just like an eternity past. His elect, it will come to fruition in time, in space. Okay, it's going to happen, and it's only going to come by God. Okay, nobody can work their way into being the called. Nobody can work their way into salvation. Um, I wanted to. There's a couple of quotes I'm going to have to read y'all because they're too long for me to top out, and too good not to not to keep in me. Um, this so this word, this drawl is not. Um, it's not like somebody's trying to uh, convince somebody to go. Okay, it's not like I'm trying to get uh, Jonathan and say, "Hey, uh, come on, let's go. We need to uh, um, go fix a toilet or something. Whatever, you know." I have to drag him in there. Basically, that's what it's talking about. Like, it's not just a, "Hey, I'm going to convince you to come." It's a, "No, I'm going to take you. I'm going to drag you." You're going with me, is basically what it is. Um, it says, uh, concerning the particular word for the effectual calling of God, uh, it says, it must not be imagined that this drawing is a mere influence which may be wholesome and beneficial if followed. 
but is not always successful. So it's not like, hey, you'll be better off if you come and do this. No. It says, the verb employed is a strong one and is used of actual dragging of a net, dragging someone from the temple and hailing someone into court. In none of the uses where material objects are involved, is there any suggestion that the drawing will not be accomplished? This concept, this concept must not be overlooked when the word is found in a figurative sense of the divine pull on man's spirit as here. So if you look on in these verses in John 12:32, it says, And I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. You know, that kind of sounds like, well, maybe if everybody does what they're supposed to do, then I'll draw them myself, right? But nowhere ever is the word used in a hopeful sense of it being accomplished, okay? No, look at uh, the common uses here in John 21, 6, what it was talking about, uh, casting the net. says, and he said to them, cast the net on the right-hand side of the boat, and you will find the fish. So they cast it. And then they were not able to haul it in because of the great quantity of fish. Haul it in is the word there. They were not able, there's so much they couldn't even do it. It was accomplished. What was needed was accomplished. Um, John 21 11 says, So Simon Peter went up and hauled the net to land full of large fish. Okay. Um, Does that say 153? What does it say? I don't know where that came from. 153. Anyway, and although there were so many, uh, the net was not torn. Oh, it was 153 fish. Golly. Sorry. It's, yeah. Sorry, I couldn't, couldn't read it on this thing. It looks much better on there. Okay, yeah, so large fish, 153 of them. And although they were so many, the nets were not torn. It was done. Acts 21.30, Then the whole city was provoked, and the people rushed together, and taking hold of Paul, they dragged him out of the temple, and immediately the doors were shut. There was no, hey, Paul, why don't you come with us? Oh, they went, grabbed, and drug him out. Um. James 2, 3, but you have dishonored the poor man. Is it not the rich who oppresses you and personally dragged you into court? As you see here, there's no hope to not be dragged, to not get wherever these people are wanting uh, to take you. So, 644 is the same word as 21.6? Yes, same verb form. No, that's exactly right. This is what kills me. I hear, I've heard it my whole life and I hear it all the time. Now, God's a gentleman. He's not going to make you. Mm, according to Scripture, He's going to. If you're elect, He's going to call you. He's going to make you be from a dead person to a live person. And you don't have any say about it. That's what Scripture says. So apparently God's not a gentleman. God is God. God's not a gentleman. He is sovereign. He does what He pleases. Okay? 
So don't don't please don't repeat it. The oh God's a gentleman. He won't. He only goes where he's invited. No, he's God. So all right. Two more verses. Or two more verses. Two more slides. Sorry. All right. John 6, 37 says, um, Everything that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I certainly will not cast out. Luke 8, 10, And he said, To you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but the rest they are told in parables so that while seeing they may not see, and while hearing they may not understand. As you see here, God's calling is only for those that are His elect, and it is certain, and it is sure. Luke 24, 31 says, And then their eyes were open, and they recognized Him. And He vanished from their sight, and they said to one another, were our hearts not burning within us when he was speaking to us on the road while he was explaining the scriptures to us? This wasn't a case of heartburn. Okay, This was God absolutely penetrating their heart, letting them understand scripture, understand the gospel, and drawing them to himself. Luke 24, 45 says, Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. But what if I'm just closed-minded and don't want to hear about you, God? Too bad. Here, he absolutely opened their minds to understand. John 65, and he was saying, For this reason I have told you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted him from the Father. At 1614, a woman named Lydia was listening. She was a seller of purple fabrics from the city of Thyatira, and a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to the things spoken by Paul. And there's your first convert in Europe. Why? Because God opened her heart to hear the gospel preached by Paul. Not because somebody finally decided to open their heart to Jesus. No. God had a plan, and he fulfills it. First uh, Thessalonians 1, 5, For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction, just as you know what kind of man we proved to be among you for your sakes. The gospel comes in power because it is God that's going to make sure the gospel does not go out in vain and it accomplishes his will of drawing people to himself. So the Holy Spirit persuades men of the truth of the gospel and God pulls them to the God of the gospel. That wasn't my quote, that was in Zenit. I'll read it again. The, the Holy Spirit persuades men of the truth of the gospel of God and pulls them to the God of the gospel. Okay? One more and we'll be done. And it's a, oh, it is that quote, sorry. But I did have another one I wanted to read to you. One more, very end here. 
this is a really good illustration that I would have absolutely screwed up if I was to try and to communicate it to you. It says, it is as if the effectual call is viewed as running an early lap in the relay race of salvation applied. But regeneration must somehow start out of the blot seemingly on its own before salvation is historically initiated. But the biblical scenario seems to picture the effectual call as culminating its vital final lap with an actual passing of the baton to regeneration. At that very instant of the passing of the baton from the hand of the effectual call to the hand of the regeneration, new life begins. The biblical, what we call ordo salutis, which means the, the order of salvation, how we kind of view the order of salvation, what all, has, what all happens during that time, seems to be the climaxing of the effectual call and regeneration at which time there is also a concurrent response of faith. Buswell, I'm sure who this guy is, but he says, has well described the intricate interrelationship between the effectuous drawing of the Spirit and his work of regeneration with these words. That regeneration is the effect or the result of the effectual calling is as intelligible teaching, but to identify effectual calling as the same thing as regeneration would cause great confusion. With the clarification in mind, we need to some see how the Bible portrays regeneration, which is what Joey will talk to next week. So what that's saying is, you have your when you have effectual call, you have regeneration. There's no way you can separate those two. If God has called you, that means you are regenerated, and therefore you have faith, and it all kind of happens at one time, simultaneously. But you're not going to be regenerated without the effectual call. And therefore, you're not going to have faith without the effectual call. Okay? Questions for Joey?